Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y benvenuto. <laughs> uh, uy, qué horror. A Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. E io mi chiamo Eileen. I was going to say, how do you say it? E io mi chiamo Johnny. Is that it? Correct? Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, man. So uh. if you guys haven't been able to tell already... <sighs> It's going to get real Italian today. Oh, absolutely. Which I'm going to say was a surprise to me. I had no idea. I honestly am a little bummed out that you said... Uh, Fuck, dude. You know what? Is... I, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> because when I the minute I texted it, I was like, you shouldn't have said that. Like, she should have found out by herself. Well, I, I get I it. I was a little sad. But, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Um, I guess as we're talking about it. Yeah. So, this week is uh, my pick. And... Mm-hmm. I I found this movie online. It, it's called Abracadabra, and uh, it's technically an Argentinian film mm. uh, made by Argentinian brothers, the Onetti brothers. Somehow New Zealand is also involved. I don't yes. understand New Zealand how or somehow. Why. Mexico is in there as well. Sure, Again, why sorry. not? I found this movie and and I was like, okay, this looks this looks cool. It's like murder and mm-hmm. <laughs> magicians and mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Johnny texted me and he was like, so it seems to be dubbed in Italian, but you can uh-huh. tell that their mouths are speaking Spanish. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it and I was like, oh. But I think it's very much, it's on purpose. Absolutely. I agree with you. 100% on purpose. And also, when you sent me the poster, I was like, ooh, this looks so old school. And Eileen was straight up, you were just straight up like, nope, this came out just a few years ago. Yeah, 2018. So, yeah. So again, that's like, the reason for it is to make it seem that way. Like yeah. It's like a specific stylistic choice. Yes. And so I just warn all of our listeners now, I took a semester of Italian in college, oh. so I'm going to put it to use today. Absolutely. So if you think I'm a fucking bitch like Giada De Laurentiis being like, spaghetti mozzarella, well, too bad, because that's exactly what I plan on doing today. Listen, it might be very irritating the way she says things, but that woman can cook. She can cook, and that bitch is she's fucking Italian. So she's see, Italian. It, it's the whole it's the whole thing. See, now you, I also feel like you have. I know you're not Italian, but you have Italian connection. I feel I, I'm Italian adjacent because yeah. my, my Tiliana, who mm-hmm. is my aunt that raised me, she married an Italian man, like from the north of Italy, Armando mm-hmm. Remigi, mm-hmm. and so and she's still. She still uses that last name. Yeah, she still does. And my cousins are fucking Remigis as well. And they, uh, one of her daughters is now like basically retired and it just moved to Italy right. to just yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. live her life. So, you know. I don't know. I feel like you're kind of Italian. I'll, I'll fucking <laughs> parasite off of that vibe and just make <laughs> Own it. Own it like Madonna and Lady Gaga. Like, you're, you're sure. fucking Italian. Listen, Italians, <laughs> Italians do, do it better. better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. well then let's let's fucking talk about Aura Calaura, if you will mm-hmm. give us a synopsis. That would be great. Sure. This is a synopsis from IMDb. It is quite short. 
Here we go. In the tradition of giallos of the early 70s, a magician finds himself the target of a sadistic serial killer. Ooh. That's all I got for you. Yeah. So I want to start off by, I know I could have saved this for trivia, but I think uh-huh. it's important to talk about at the top. What is giallo? Film. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So basically, G- uh, Wikipedia says giallo mm-hmm. is the Italian term designating mystery fiction and thrillers. The word giallo is Italian for yellow. The term derives from a series of cheap paperback mystery novels and crime thriller novels with yellow covers that were popular in Italy. So like pulp fiction, basically. Yeah. In the context of 20th century literature and film, especially among English English speakers and non-Italians in general, giallo refers specifically to a particular Italian thriller horror genre Mm. that has mystery or detective elements and often contains slasher, crime fiction, psychological thriller, psychological horror, sexploitation, and less frequently supernatural horror elements. Mm. So a very famous uh, giallo-style filmmaker is Dario Argento. So, like, mm-hmm. this film visually, like, again, Johnny said it came out it re- very recently, 2018. Mm-hmm. Th- these brothers are magicians because it <laughs> yeah. looks straight out of 1975 or something looks, like that. Looks, feels, sounds. The music, absolutely. everything. Everything. So, it's very... There's love and respect for, like, actual giallo in this it is a giallo film like i looked up the same wikipedia mm-hmm. in a li- in the wikipedia list of giallo films this movie is included Abracadabra. Yep. it's actually the last one included so and technically it's one of three that these brothers have made so that's very right. cool too now i must say that the like giallo to me as a horror movie fan is something i have not delved into and i'm not proud of that but i really want to i really really want like i want to watch the Argentos, the Mario Bavas, the Lucio Fulci, like I want, or Lucy or however you say it in Italian, mm-hmm. like I want to go in there. I agree. I have never seen any of them. And honestly, this movie really made me want to even more. Like I think. Absolutely. Yes. This movie is a great opening of the door. If you have never watched a Giallo film like us fucking mm-hmm. idiots. So. Oh God. <laughs> Fools. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's do it. Having said that. Abracadabra, 2018, written by Carlos Goitia, Luciano Onetti, and Nicolas Onetti, and directed by the Onetti brothers. So we start off the movie with an intertitle mm-hmm. that says, Que lo que l'occhio vede, el orecchio sente, la mente crede. Which oh, damn, means, girl. thank you, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you, a single semester of Italian. <laughs> Hi. Oh, man. Which means what, whatever the eye sees and the ear hears, the mind believes. And this oh, is apparently yeah. a Harry Houdini quote. Fits. Feels very mystical and magic-y. Yes. And then we see another intertitle that says Turin 1951. So we hear applause and there's a close-up of a man in a tuxedo with like a bow tie and he's standing in front of a black and white spiral. It kind of looks like the poster for Vertigo. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And also this man looks just like Robert De Niro. Like moles and all. There is very big Robert De Niro vibes. I was like, it's either um, Robert De Niro or me as an older man with all my moles. (laughs) All the moles. All the moles. This man in front of the spiral... This image is 
swirling, turning on screen before mm-hmm. us as we see the film title appear, Abracadabra. And then the opening credits roll on top of this like spinning image of this man, but it's slowly slowing down and then it finally stops. The shot widens and we see this man is on a stage. Now this man is Dante the Great. Mm-hmm. A woman walks in wearing a kimono and she's holding a revolver on a pillow and she puts it on a stool and there's a close up of her necklace and she's wearing an amulet that says abracadabra but it's in an upside down triangle form and it goes abracadabra and then it kind of like how do I explain how this looks it goes it's like in a v like an a triangle like yeah. you know what i mean and at the top it's the full word but as it gets as it goes to its point the the word just kind of gets like swallowed by the by the triangle but it it's almost like it goes like abracadabra and then on the second line it goes abracadabra but then the ah goes down to the other one. So it kind of like moves so that it fits as it goes down the triangle. Sure, sure. Does that make sense? That that makes sense, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) In Italian, we hear a voiceover say, La magia è l'arte de rendere l'impossibile possibile. Mm -hmm. So magic is the art to make the impossible possible. In front of the man standing that in front of that spiral is a piece of glass, okay? Mm-hmm. Another man walks in, a younger man. He comes up on stage, and he grabs the revolver that's on the pillow, and he opens the barrel part to see, and there are six bullets inside. He closes it. He points the gun at the man in front of the spiral, and the voiceover says, La magia è caos, è una maledizione, una benedizione è progresso. Magic is chaos, it's a curse, it's a blessing, and progress. The minute I hear the word maledizione, I think of Sophia (laughs) from the Golden Girls pronouncing it so poorly. Maledizione. Maledizione. (laughs) But I still love you, Sophia. (laughs) Yeah, bless her. May she rest. In the wings of the stage, we see a little boy, and he's watching the show, because this is obviously a a magic act, it seems. Mm -hmm. This little boy is holding a stuffed monkey. The voiceover says, La magia è dappertutto, intorno a noi, which means magic is everything, it's all around us. The man that's holding the gun shoots... But we hear the crowd scream, and the Mm. little boy looks in shock, and there's two hands from behind him cover his eyes, and we see blood streaming down that black and white spiral and a hole through that glass pane that was right in the front. By the way, this man, assistant, who shot the gun has the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen in my entire life. They're made of honey. Well, they're fake. I know, I get it. Like, the look is, like, it's like the style of the film, but the way they made the eyes look I was like I am mesmerized like the man is beautiful they look like fire they look like fire to me there it's like Jurassic Park amber in his eyes I'm just like holy shit so gorgeous yes then we see an intertitle that says 30 years later and the funnest song I've ever heard in my life starts playing it sounds 
It's a 70s Italian, like, through the countryside jam. And we see this man, Lorenzo Mancini, and a woman, Antonella, and they're on a motorcycle driving through this very cute Italian, quote-unquote, town. Sure, It's definitely Argentina. Absolutely. Also, did you recognize this man? Do you know who this is? Who is it? This is fucking Eusebio from 211. Dia de los Muertos. That's fucking Eusebio. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That's fucking Eusebio. The hermit. Shit. You're right. Well, the the minute I saw him, I was like, this dude looks familiar. Pero he's like older but handsome enough. But it was like something in that face. So I looked him up. This is motherfucking Eusebio. Way, dude. I swear to you. I swear. I mean, I know. I, I obviously, <laughs> I know. Holy fucking shit! And by wow. the way, I looked up his Twitter and his like uh, headshot on his Twitter. He looks damn good. Like he, I feel like so, he looks in great this in this movie, movie. He looks great. I was just shocked because Eusebio was not an attractive character. But no. here I'm like this, you know, this like handsome older man. Anyway, Eusebio. <laughs> Holy, I'm I will not be able to get over that for this whole entire day. I'm sorry. What is his actual character's name though? I'm so sorry. His name is Lorenzo Mancini, and the woman is mm-hmm. Antonella, and they're on top of a, a motorcycle, and uh, they're riding around town as this song plays. They're pointing at things. And and smiling and seeing the sights, it seems. And uh, he arrives where he's supposed to go, in front of a theater. He parks his motorcycle. They both look very cool. He's wearing oh like a, a button-down white shirt with a very big collar and like another very big collared black leather jacket. Mm-hmm. And she's got like a bandana on her head and like red hair. Fab sunglasses. She was giving me Rose McGowan. That's what she was giving me some like Rose very McGowan. Very Rose McGowan y, yes. Yeah. The man walks over to the theater, and there's like a small group of people there, and and a man, like a, a security dude, and we see a poster with Lorenzo's face on it. Lorenzo walks up, and the security guard kind of stops him, and he's like, "Bitch, c- can't you see the poster? This is my show. I'm going in. <laughs> I'm famous, bro. bitch. <laughs> Hello." And then from inside the theater, a man says, "Lorenzo," and then uh, Lorenzo goes inside. Now, this man inside the theater is Fabrizio. Fabrizio seems to be like the theater manager or like in charge of the show that's gonna happen there or something like that right because as Lorenzo comes in Fabrizio says you have to see something with your own eyes it's crazy Lorenzo says what's going on like is this gonna affect my show and he's like no Literally, the show's almost sold out. Everything is great. I'm not going to cancel it. Don't worry. We're doing it. So they go inside the theater, and there's investigators on stage and a photographer taking pictures. And he's taking pictures of a woman that's sitting in a chair with a box on her head. And they show the face inside the box. It's basically the magic trick where you put someone in it and you put knives through that box. Yeah. But that bitch actually got them knives through her fucking head. Through the face. Through the face and head. Like, there are blades sticking out of her fucking cheek, and she's got an ace of clubs in her mouth. Oh, my God. Avi, she dead. (laughs) (laughs) She's dead and gone. 
R.I.P. Lady. So Lorenzo walks up to the stage and he's like, holy fuck, what the fuck is going on here? And uh, we see a shot of the Abracadabra amulet. Mm. And the investigators go up to Lorenzo and they're like, hey, we got to ask you some questions. Do you know this woman? And he's like, no, this is the first time I've ever seen her. And they're like, do you have any enemies? No. Isn't it strange that on your opening night of your magic show, a woman appears murdered on your stage? Yes, this is strange. This is very strange. And all of a sudden, we kind of get like a, a flashback of what happened. Mm. We see a table with dolls, including the stuffed monkey that the little mm-hmm. boy at the top was holding. And and it's on a table and there's also on this table a plastic hand that's holding a knife there's a deck of cards that's been spread out face down but one of the cards is turned face up and that's the ace of clubs wow i didn't notice that <laughs> i mean i don't know if it has anything to do with anything but like i was like I mean, it was in her mouth it's very magiciany also i think absolutely and then we see some feet walk in and then we see that these feet are attached to some gloved hands that are holding mm a knife and he walks up to this woman that's sitting on a chair next to this table full of all that shit with the magic box on her head and he lifts the panel that's in the front and we see that she's gagged then this gloved hand proceeds to do quote unquote the magic trick on her and he's shoving blades in the box but you know at this point it's still the magic trick so they're not going through her face she's just afraid until the final blade that goes through the top of her head bam that's the murder Back on the stage, the investigators walk away and Lorenzo looks up to see that there's a man in the wings and he's smoking a cigarette and he's got this gorgeous blue striped suit and like very piercing, like green blue eyes. I literally don't know what his name is. He he was blue striped suit for me the entire, because he looked so good. For me, I called him blue suit with a cigarette. Absolutely. He's rocking that suit. So we see Lorenzo walking to a bar and someone's taking photographs of him, but we don't see who. At the bar, Lorenzo is watching the news on the TV and it's reporting on this murder that happened at the theater. It's saying that it happened on the opening night of the show of the magician Lorenzo Mancini, son of famed magician Dante il Grande, Dante the Great, who also died in that same theater 30 years ago. And he died during a magic trick that was known as the bullet catch, Mm. which has caused the death of six other magicians around the world. Guys, stop doing this magic trick. Would you please? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Don't do it. Pull a rabbit out of a fucking hat, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'd prefer to see a rabbit coming out of a hat, honestly. Do not try (laughs) and shoot yourself. Are Come you on. are you out of your mind? Out of your Come mind. Come on now. So he goes to the bathroom to kind of spritz water on himself and like maybe like cool off. And all of a sudden he sees in the mirror that blue suit cigarette pops up on the top of a bathroom stall and is watching him. What Get the, the fu- fuck out of here, you what? creep. Get out of here, dude. So the show begins. Some ladies in masks like dance with swords on their heads and hips and it's all like belly dancing music. I was like, okay, ladies, here you go. Sure. And they walk over to a sheet that's on the floor and they lift it and then they drop it again. And who's there? 
it's Lorenzo Mancini with a weird magic. Magic, guys. The turban is so stupid. I hate it. He gives his turban to one of the ladies. He takes his cape off, gives it to the other lady, and I'm like, sir, okay. But the crowd is into it, and they're applauding and having a fun time. Lorenzo starts his first magic trick, asking the audience to concentrate, because if you need to to read their minds, he needs to do like magician shit. Who knows? And we get a couple close-ups of this woman who whose face is beat. Like that bitch oh, is wearing make eyeshadow blue. <laughs> Holy shit! Holy shit! They were like, "Girl, we're gonna fucking slap some fucking oh. paint on your face, full cake, just yeah. on your face." Also, these two are giving each other all the eyes. There's some eye fucking going on oh for sure. On the stage as he's talking to the audience, there's two boards on either side of him. So he goes to one first and he pulls a sheet off of it and there's like a bunch of diamonds and circles of different colors. I thought this was really cool because you do the trick as a as somebody at home, you do the trick like in real time. So he tells you yeah. as the magician, he... To us, literally uh-huh. at home, the audience is like, okay, pick a circle, whatever circle you want, and then go to the left to the next diamond, and then to yeah. the back to another circle. Go to and the then closest circle, whatever. Di- yeah. Go diagonally to another diamond, and then do this other one, and another diamond, another circle. And then he, at the end, he's like, I'm good. I know which, which circle you've landed on. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to the other board on the other side of the, of the stage. He pulls off the sheet and bam. It's the red circle, which is where I landed. Did you land on the red circle? Both times that I watched this movie, I landed on that circle. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) I'm sure there's some sort of very logical explanation to this. But I was impressed. Yeah, it was very cool. I (laughs) genuinely was like, holy shit. What a fun thing to include so that you're part of it because it's like yes especially with magic shows and stuff like that the fun part is when they're you're like included so the fact yeah. that they're like not only is the audience in the film included you at home is as well and that's really cool you're watching this magic show yeah the crowd claps and they're like yeah we love it and then we see this another close-up of this woman with the blue ass eyeshadows mm. and she's wearing an abracadabra amulet mm. The curtain opens and a fun song starts and in the middle of the stage is like a big box and here comes Antonella who is the assistant we find out of Lorenzo and she's wearing like a cute little like bathing suity type outfit and she hops into the box and he folds it up to become really small somehow then he grabs a bunch of samurai swords and he pierces this fucking box a bunch of times and then he puts the swords back and then he unfolds the box again and he pulls that bitch out of the box like nothing ever happens and you're like holy shit wow but the crowd is silent oh this was uncomfortable as fuck crickets and i was like i was like okay Okay. What happened? They they take their time showing the audience. They kind of just mm-hmm. stay on Lorenzo and Antonella for a while as they're like holding their arms up and being like, ta-da. And you're just like, where's the 
where's, where's the, the applause? You expect it. Especially yeah. us as performers, we're like, applaud. But please. Like, I just performed for you. <laughs> Fucking, but would you please? Please Which clap, makes it even more, <laughs> It's even more uncomfortable. It's just like, oh my God, please. Dude. Somebody. And then they zoom in on them, these faces where these women and men are like, uh, what the fuck? Backstage, Lorenzo is fucking pissed and really confused. He's like, I don't know what went wrong. We've rehearsed so many times. What the fuck? Maledizione, he says Maledizione. <laughs> and Antonella <laughs> says, no, it was me. I took too long to reappear. But Lorenzo still, he like looks into the mirror. He's like, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck, dude? So after the show, he rides his motorcycle to a bar and he's playing a game of poker with three dudes. One of them has a white eye like Doña Manuela. Doña Manola. Manola. <laughs> Manola, I mean, not Manuela. <laughs> Listen, I don't know fucking poker, but Girl. He's, he's holding two threes, and then they show us his other cards, and I'm like, okay, what does this mean? I... <laughs> and then he bets $1,000, and the guy with the white eye is like, oh, uh, you, I think you may be bluffing. I'm going mm-hmm. to bet. Ten thousand dollars or chips? I don't know. Ten thousand, ten thousand, whatever. And Lorenzo puts down his two cards, and they're not threes; they're aces, which I'm assuming means magic. he won. <laughs> also, You're sure. Yeah. Also magic. Also absolute yeah. magic. And guy with the white eye is like, I don't uh-huh. know about this. And the lady on his shoulder, that's been like kind of his like parrot, that's been hanging there. She's like, he dealt from the bottom, or and I don't know what that. What the fuck means. does that mean? Girl cards. Who Honey, knows? Listen, moral of this this game, I was like, I need to learn how to play poker. I've been telling myself this for years. Your parents are professional. Oh my God, they fucking love it. I'm confused as all hell. I have no idea what's going on. Solitaire or death. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uno. Uno. <laughs> So, guy with a wide eye kind of motions to a dude at the bar, and the dude at the bar comes over to Lorenzo, grabs him, and they take him out back and beat the shit out of him. And they're like, listen, we see you here again. You're dead, homie. Damn. He goes over to Antonella's house, and she asks him if he's been playing again, and he lies and says he fell off of his motorcycle. Mm -hmm. So, she cleans up his head wound, and Lorenzo says, perdóname, I don't know where I can go. Like, there's nowhere else for me to go. Mm. And he goes in to kiss her, but she turns her face. And she says, just because I'm helping you, that doesn't mean that I've forgiven you. Mm. And you can sleep on the sofa. Which, by the way, that sofa is Ooh. small. Bro, Ooh. your back is a, is a oh, mess. You're fucked. This also, this scene where he gets back, I feel like he groans for 10 minutes. Bro, He's just it like, pasó, like... And like the sound of the movie is supposed to be all, you know, like 70s eyes, which is especially ADR, ADR, like abrasive. So it really bothered me. I was just like, stop groaning. We get it. You're groaning. You're in pain. (laughs) I got it. So now we see a woman showering. At first, you're like, who is this? And then we see her face. And you're like, oh, this is that bitch that had the, her face beat to high heaven. This okay. is blue eye makeup, which you I'm don't... glad you said that because I was like, I think this is her, but her face without the makeup is co- a I mean, different... two different people. Yeah. yeah. She gets out of the shower. By the way, <laughs> I know I have oh. a lot of issues with things like touching wet bodies and stuff like that. I, I, I have it in my notes, literally. <laughs> She steps out and I'm and I'm going to be I'm going to be open and honest on the pod about something that you have in your apartment. Uh-huh. She steps out and there's no fucking bath mat. 
<laughs> which you don't have in your house. Yeah. And I every time I stay with you, I'm like, <sighs> okay. Because yeah. I hate the feeling of stepping out with my wet body and my, my wet feet. Primero me da miedo que me voy a caer. That I'm going to step on the floor and slip and die and hit my head. Segundo, in my defense. Oh, please. Give me your segundo. Segundo. Please. I'm dripping all over the place. Eventually, I will step and fucking fall and break my fucking cabeza. (laughs) Now, you know, this is Matthew's apartment. I live here and pay rent, but he owns this place. So I have several times been like, hey, babe, like, uh, what do you think of like just like a bath mat? Like, what do you just right outside? I'll get you a teal one because you love teal, maybe turquoise. And he's like, no, Django will fuck it. The cat will fuck it up. Or like, no, I don't think so. I've tried. But I do have a question. Uh Who gets out of the shower without like actually drying their. uh, This is a this is a real question. Nobody does this. No, this is just we've talked about this before. This is a full movie thing. We're like, nadie se seca. Nobody. But in real life, please answer our question, people. Like, you do you dry your bodies off? Because who is doing this? Just getting out of the shower, dripping all over the place. No, absolutely not. Dry your body. Next time you come here, I hope that there will be a nice bath bath. I already I already have a way of doing it and when I go to your house I have to like <laughs> mentally prepare when I'm on the fucking bus from New York to Washington be like okay remember that you got to dry your feet before you step out and all that shit. It's so annoying. <laughs> uh, invest in bath bath. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so she gets out of the shower, does not step on a bath mat, and then looks into the mirror, and uh, right underneath her mirror, she pulls out the abracadabra amulet from like a little mm. box, and she puts it on. She gets dressed, she blows dries her hair, she puts a lip on, which is, this is the moment where I was like, oh, she's she's the girl because oh, she the put lip. the lip on, yeah. Sure. And she hears a noise. And she goes to see what it is. The phone rings. She picks it up. No one's on the other line. Pronto? Pronto? She says. <laughs> She's scared at this point. So she mm-hmm. grabs a statue. And this was a really cool, cool I think probably shot. very giallo forward Esque. shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because she reach, reaches over to grab this tiny deer statue to protect herself. But the screen is split in two. Yeah. So on the other half of the, of the screen, it's more it's a more up close shot of the deer but it looks like the deer is a giant deer yes. in the room right you don't get it until the hand comes into frame and you're like oh it's a split screen yeah very cool so she grabs the deer so that she can like protect herself and she heads downstairs very quietly and when she lands on the main floor in her living room she sees a tiny guillotine Ugh. and then from behind the gloved hands appear and they cover her mouth with a cloth i'm assuming um chloroform chloroform her ass and when she comes to she's in the tiny guillotine which is obviously a magic trick guillotine because it's smaller it's it's it looks like a small prop yeah it's not like marie antoinette style it like fits in this bitch's living room you know what i mean the gloved hand comes over and like grabs the blade and releases it but it passes right through so that would be the magic trick sure but then he attaches the blade again and he releases it and 
fucking slices the shit off of her head and it lands in the basket with the abracadabra amulet over the top covered in blood. This was freaky. Yeah. And very, very gory. And we see the neck. We see like the sliced ugh, open like neck. with bloody the, neck. Yeah, gross. Interesting like something I'm just thinking about now, but that when the woman died with the swords in her head and now this woman mm-hmm. dies, the killer performs the magic trick first yes. and then murders the person. Yes. Interesting. I really like that. I thought that was yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't think like, about that till, till now. Yeah, here's the here's the here's what it would have looked like if I performed it, yeah. but then now you do it for real. <laughs> You're going to die. Back at Antonella's, Lorenzo wakes up on his tiny little couch and he is, again, moaning and a groaning. He is... <laughs> Obviously, hella sore from his ass beating from the night before. And hung over because he's got a full bottle of something there. Something to point out at this point, thank you, Johnny, uh-huh. is that throughout this film, he is constantly taking sips from his like flask mm-hmm. or has some sort of like J&B bottle of whiskey in front of him yeah. or ordering a beverage at a bar. He has constantly got booze in his hands. Yep. As he's like coming to and waking up, he's like has flashes of the stuff that happened the night before. He he remembers riding his little motorcycle. He remembers Antonella and his ass beating. And he starts looking throughout the house, screaming for Antonella, and she's nowhere in there. And so he walks over to a table, and he sees a box of matches that says Bangkok Bar. So now we're at Bangkok Bar. (laughs) And he's getting himself a whiskey, and he asks the bartender, have you seen una ragazza named Antonella? (laughs) And uh, she says, non mi dispiace, I'm sorry, I haven't seen anybody named that. And there's a woman at the bar, and I'm going to call her Groovy Chick. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, most definitely. (laughs) Because she's wearing like a brown, fringy kind of like vest outfit. Again, big sunglasses. Big sunglasses. Her hair is kind of Farrah Fawcett-y. She is gorgeous, this Groovy Chick. Yeah, she's got a dark brunette hair. Mm. I don't know if we said this, but Antonella has red hair. Mm -hmm. She's like a redhead. Mm -hmm. And this bitch, fucking Groovy Chick, is I fucking the shit out of Lorenzo. And they're not nary a foot away from each other. She is like, hello. Oh, whoa. Hey. Hello. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Wow. We notice also she's got an abracadabra amulet. Hmm. Okay. So he walks over, he, he like gives her an eye, but kind of ignores her and walks over to a different area of the bar. It's very smoky and dark. And he sits down and some random person offers him a hookah. Random. And then a 70s ass organ song starts playing just like Doors. Oh, yeah. But like, honk, 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 honk. Bing, bing, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> I can't do it with my mouth. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and Groovy Chick has followed him into this room and she gets on a table and starts doing some fun groovy dance. Mm-hmm. And then she gets down and sits next to him and he's like kissing on her shoulder and like everything is very flirty. And then all of a sudden enter Antonella and she sits on the other side and there's... Oh, she's all about it. She's into it. And then de repente estamos <gasps> en un threesome and they what are What the all... <laughs> fuck is going on here? 70s sex. What? Oh my God. I know this was made in 2018 or whatever, but... They nailed the awkward seventies sex because I was like, I'm ready for this scene to be over they're because just, my skin is crawling. They're just rubbing on each other, like yeah. it's and the positioning of them too. It's 
uh, Lorenzo and then Groovy Chick and then behind Groovy Chick is Antonella and they're like yeah. you know just kind of rubbing each other rubbing caressing each other. like yeah. a light kiss here and there nary a penetration of any sort happening just like they're all awkward, in their underwear they're in their undies awkward 70s caressing with like a gentle kiss here and there I and it lasted for fucking ever <laughs> it's the next day and Lorenzo is sleeping next to Groovy Chick and Antonella is nowhere to be seen but honey groovy chick is dead oh brutally dead (laughs) that bitch has a contraption around her neck with a steel bar going through her fucking throat oh my god and again a magic trick looking contraption Mm -hmm. there's a knock at the door and lorenzo goes to look and it's the man in the blue suit with the cigarette and he's like oh shit so he hurries up gets dressed and jumps out of the window and gets the fuck out of there Outside of Antonella's house, Lorenzo watches her through a window. He's about to go to her when a car drives up and inside it's blue suit and cigarette. And Lorenzo hides behind the payphone when all of a sudden it rings. And on the other end, a voice says, Gennaro Bernardi. Who? Who could it be? So Lorenzo goes to the library like any good boy that wants to find out what something is. You go to the library, everybody. There's no Google in the 70s, so go to the library. Go to the library. So Lorenzo asks the librarian for the newspaper archives, and she tells him where where he can find them. And he goes and he grabs the 1951 archives. And he starts looking. So we see all these different headlines. Mm. And they're in English, which I was surprised. I think this may be the New Zealand part. Sure. So it says, tragedy in the theater. The great Dante dies in an accident during magic show. The magician was murdered. The bullet would have been changed. Mm. The assistant is the only suspect. And we see next to that headline, a picture of the man at the top with the gun. Mm -hmm. And then another. The last headline we see is Gennaro Bernardi arrested for the death of the great Dante. Then he goes and he finds a phone book and he finds the address of Gennaro Bernardi and he rips out the page and he leaves the library. We're at Gennaro's door, 1951 Via Rosa. Lorenzo knocks and a nurse answers and he goes inside into the room where Gennaro, who is now a sick old man, is lying in bed. (laughs) He's got a tube in his nose that looks like a bong. Oh, yeah. I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. Not at all. It was like a a tiny bong coming out of his nose. Gennaro says, we finally meet again, Lorenzo Mancini. Hmm. And Lorenzo's like, l'assassino di mio padre, (gasps) my father's murderer. Mm -hmm. And Gennaro, he explains, listen, I spent 20 years behind bars unfairly. I wasn't the one that changed the bullet. It wasn't me. Hmm. And he says, you have to believe me because Dante and I were more than friends. We were brothers. Eravamo fratelli, which I love that line. Eravamo fratelli. Lorenzo looks over at Gennaro's night nightstand and on the nightstand hanging on like a little like uh, uh, thing <laughs> is the abracadabra amulet what the fuck he asks lorenzo what the fuck what the fuck does this fucking thing what's mean? going and honestly, on somebody tell me <laughs> i was i was sitting there i was like honestly yes what is the I'm deal ready. with the abracadabra <laughs> and Gennaro's like what you don't know what it means and he says so it's true they brainwashed you in there. <gasps> what? 
What? Where? Where did they Where brainwash you? Doing? And then he starts fucking laughing horribly through his fucking bong Ugh. nose tube and coughing. <laughs> and the nurse walks in and she has to fix his <laughs> nose tube as Lorenzo runs out of the house. But as he's running out, we got a close up shot of another picture on the nightstand. And it's Gennaro hugging Fabrizio, the theater manager from the top. I didn't catch that. Mm. Dude. And then we see Lorenzo walking in the middle of the night through the streets. Now we see a tiny TV screen and it's all scratchy. What's that called when, when static. it's like a staticky uh-huh. TV? Gennaro's nurse sleeping on the job. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, do your job. And then we're in Gennaro's room and we see a dark shadow appear in the doorway. And all of a sudden... The gloved hands appear again. They rip the bong nose tube from his <laughs> nose and mouth. They cover Genato's mouth and pull out from yes. his mouth, magic trick, magic. a vial with like some red uh, liquid inside of it. And then we see the gloved hands with a syringe pull out all the red liquid from this vial and then inject it into like the tubes that are attached to Genato. And then Gennaro's mouth fills with foam and he's coughing and he's... Oh, uh, this was awful. Because it's so close up. He spits it up into up. the... Yes, it's just like... Ugh. It's just his face. It spits up into the camera. You can see like the foam land yeah, the on the bits. lens. Ew, yeah, uh... gross. And then he fucking dies. We get an amazingly beautiful aerial shot of like the streets Ooh, that Lorenzo like a is walking. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the tile of the floor. It's so high up that it looks like zigzagged mm-hmm. floor. It reminded me of Ipanema, where the, it, the totally. floor is like semicircles, but instead yeah. it was like jagged zigzags. And I was like, this is a gorgeous shot. It's Lorenzo walking through the streets. He walks back into the theater. He goes into the main theater office and Lorenzo on the desk finds pictures of himself that of when he was walking on the street that we saw at the very top when he was walking and somebody was taking photos of him. All of a sudden Fabrizio walks in and Lorenzo's like, you're following me. Why are you implicating me in these crimes, Fabrizio Bernardi. So this reveal is that Fabrizio is the son of Mm -hmm. Gennaro Bernardi. Now, Fabrizio did have these pictures taken. He was having somebody follow Lorenzo. I believe so. Okay. It seems seems as though, yes. Okay. (laughs) You know, Fabrizio makes a face like, you know, he's my dad. (laughs) Shock. And then Lorenzo says, yes, I went to see your dad, Gennaro. At that moment, the phone rings and Fabrizio Uh answers and he's listening to the other side. He hangs up and he picks up a fucking gun and points it at Lorenzo. And he's like, was it you? And Lorenzo's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Put the gun down. What the fuck? Fabrizio's like, it wasn't enough that my dad was in jail for 20 years. You had to kill him too. And Lorenzo's like, wait, wait, wait. He was alive when I left. What the fuck, dude? And Fabrizio says, I should have left you locked up forever. But Lorenzo lunges at him and they struggle with the gun and bang! Fabrizio falls down dead. He's been shot with the struggle. To the gut. 
to the Oof. gut, dude. Ugh. Horrible. They did a good job with the uh, the the blood in this uh, movie. Yeah. I gotta say, it looked. I mean, yeah. at least in this part, I was like, that looks good. Yeah, for sure. So Lorenzo runs out and he climbs up to the top of the theater building, and it looks like he's gonna kill himself. Right? Yeah. He, That's what I thought too. He's glugging from his flask. He sees like visions of his dad, of Gennaro with the gun. And then all of a sudden some church bells ring and he like kind of stops himself. And the next thing we know, he's inside the church and Lorenzo is looking around at the statues of the saints and the Jesus statues, which are the scariest statues. They're awful. I remember going to church when I was little and being like, I don't like looking at the statues because I always expected them to like turn their eyes to look at me. These yeah. particular statues, like the Jesus, all of it, were horrifying. Agreed. In between these images of the saints and Jesus and like the, the church that we're seeing, we get flashes of people in robes, red robes, mm. white robes, a little girl in a white robe Fuck. being led by somebody, mm-hmm. a woman tied up. You can't really see who she is, but she's on the ground and these People in red robes are standing around her. We see a flash of the abracadabra amulet, and we see a hand handing another hand a knife. Oh, boy. But then it's the morning, and Lorenzo is walking through the mausoleums in a cemetery, and he's glugging on his flask again. Dude, drink some water. My guy, you must be so dehydrated. Oh, God. Horrible. So then he's at his father's grave, and on the little plaque, it says Dante Mancini, 1914 to 1951. The quote is, nada es lo que parece, which I was like, okay, now we oh. have Spanish, which I loved. Uh-huh. But then at the top of the of the plaque, we see the abracadabra amulet. What is happening? What is happening? <laughs> Lorenzo hears a gate open and he walks behind a tree very quickly and he sees that blue suit and cigarette has entered the cemetery mm-hmm. and he's kneeling down at his father's grave and then he's looking from behind the trunk when all of a sudden blue suit looks right at him i jumped oh absolutely full jump (laughs) yes because there was like a a musical sting there too and i was like oh oh my god (laughs) and all of a sudden lorenzo is fucking running he has bolted and it's like a chaotic like camera shot of like him running through the cemetery and then cut to blue suit and cigarette strolling along just like taking his time He's walking. Like, we get another shot of Lorenzo crossing through, like, the cemetery and just my guy going, like, do-do-do. <laughs> this gave me Michael Myers. Like, I was just yeah. like, is he Michael Myers? Like, just, all I have to do is take a nice, easy saunter. I'll get there. I'll make it. No rush at all. <laughs> so now we're at Antonella's, and Lorenzo, like, is panicking, knocking on her door. She lets him in, and he's freaking out, and he's like, someone is killing everybody and wants to pin the blame on me. And capisce? Capisce? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know who it is, but it's a strange man, and he seems like he might be a police type of guy. I know that it's all related to my dad's death. And Antonella holds his head and she's like, calm down, calm down. Everything is going to be fine. Mm. Now Lorenzo is in the bath and we see a turntable, a fucking, what is that called? A uh, record player? A, rec- a record player. Can I ask player. you something real quick? Absolutely. Did you think that his, did you think his toes were his cock and balls? I was like, oh, <laughs> toes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't I was remember. I don't think so. Convinced. But... I was like, damn, that's a... Oh, there are their toes. Got it. There is toes. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, um, my God. So we see a record player and the gloved hand appears and turns it on. Lorenzo sinks underneath the water as the gloved hand opens the bathroom door. And on the wall, we see the shadow of the hand holding a knife. Mm. Under the water, Lorenzo opens his eyes and the knife comes down, stabbing him over and Ugh. over and over again. Again, hate a stabbing. Oh my it's God, always the worst. so visceral. I fucking hate it. And they show Terrible. you the stab wounds very quickly yes. too. Yes. <laughs> no. The worst. No. So now Lorenzo is dead in this water. It's red with blood. There's playing cards floating all around him. And we see Antonella's mouth. (gasps) And all around her mouth, it's covered in blood. It pans up and you see her eyes again covered in blood. And you see that her hand is gloved and holding the bloody knife. What a great shot. Oh my God, great shot. So great. And she starts laughing maniacally. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. (laughs) <laughs> and full close up full, full close, close up. up and we yeah. we stay a long time in her yeah. face and it changes a bunch and it's mm-hmm. very cool this lady was very, really really good yeah so she walks down a really dark like brick hall and into like mm. another like brick almost like dungeony style yeah, room yeah I wrote right? crypt yeah very crypty yes yeah and she puts down the knife on a table that's like a uh, cover that looks very much like the table that was next to the woman at the top. Right. And the stuffed monkey is on there as well. We hear someone say, are you looking for this? <gasps> and we turn and the man in the blue suit and cigarette sitting in a chair is pointing a gun at Antonella. In one hand, he has the gun. And in the other hand, he has the Abracadabra amulet. And he says, the perfect crime is not one that remains unsolved, but one that is solved with a false perpetrator. The truth has always been in front of your eyes. So Antonella turns and on the brick wall of this like dungeon crypt place, we see like clippings and newspaper pieces that have like headlines that say young woman found dead. And then it's a picture of Antonella and underneath it says missing. And then another headline that says young woman murdered in apparent satanic (gasps) ritual. And then Antonella starts crying. And all of a sudden, we see the red robe from Lorenzo's visions when he was in the church. And then we see three little kids, two little girls and like an older boy. And they're wearing white robes. And then we see a woman tied up on the floor like we saw before. But this woman is Antonella. And all around her in the red robe standing above her are Lorenzo's dad, young Gennaro, a woman who I think is the old older woman from the top Oh, I was wondering because they do a purposeful close-up of her and I was like, who is that? It must be. Yeah. Can I ask something real quick? Of course. When they show the woman in this close-up, she is younger. She She's is, younger. So, uh, like a younger ver Okay, th- that makes sense. So this is what I think. Uh-huh. I Because the two little girls, one of them has lighter hair and the other one ha- is brunette hair. I uh-huh. think brunette little girl is, is groovy chick mm-hmm. and that the lighter hair is 
beat face, blue eye shadow. I did not put that together until we were talking about this movie, like uh-huh. literally just a little bit ago. That did not sink in, but I think that is correct. I the think so too. The age difference is pr- like not a little quite funky, on, a little funky. But yeah. I think that that's the point. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what's going on. Antonella on the ground, tied up and gagged, is screaming, and like the little girls are just watching this woman writhe around with her hands above her head, mm. tied. We see Dante Mancini give the young little boy, who is young Lorenzo, mm-hmm. the knife. So that's the two hands that we saw in the vision. And this little boy, he lifts the knife over his head and he stabs Antonella to death, like <gasps> viciously. She spits up blood and like chunks, like legit Ew. chunks of whatever. And the little girls there just start to Sobbing. cry. And this Sobbing. was so horrible. Fucked. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we see a shot of his little face covered in blood. Uh-huh. Back to the man in the blue suit and cigarette. He says, look in the mirror. And Antonella turns, but in the mirror, it's Lorenzo looking back. <gasps> and then we see the tub, and the tub is empty. What the fuck? There's no blood in that water. There's nothing. Then we see all the moments that Antonella has been with Lorenzo, but they were all times where she was never there. So we see the motorcycle and him parking it and her like standing there with him. Nope, never happened. She's not there. We see the magic show where he's like literally pointing at nothing. And that's Which, why everybody was like, what the fuck? What and the not fuck? clapped. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> exactly. So as Lorenzo is looking in the mirror, the man in the blue suit and cigarette handcuffs him behind his back. In a car, the man in the blue suit and cigarette drives Lorenzo, who's in the back seat. He looks in the rearview mirror at Lorenzo and says, After eliminating the impossible, all that remains is the truth. But then Lorenzo is not in the rearview mirror, and instead, Lorenzo is driving the car. We see un film de Luciano Onetti y Nicolás Onetti. Mm. But then we see Lorenzo sitting on the floor and he's in a hospital gown and he's holding the stuffed monkey. And then all of a sudden we're back to the very, very, very beginning. And we see the revolver sitting on the pillow that the revolver that killed his dad Mm -hmm. sitting on the pillow with an empty barrel hole. A small hand places the bullet in the barrel. The camera pans up in the mirror and we see that it was young Lorenzo that changed the bullet. Holy shit. He watches as his father gets shot. The hands that covered his eyes are Antonella's. This yeah, okay. I this we're gonna we need to talk about that. Yeah. Then we're back to Lorenzo in the I'm assuming insane asylum, mm-hmm. where a doctor walks in and gives Lorenzo two pills. We pan up to see And the doctor is the man in the blue suit with a cigarette. Back to Lorenzo in the car driving the intertitle that reads, Avete visto abracadabra, which means you have just seen abracadabra, fin de la película. The credits roll over Lorenzo driving. That's it. Just like, I I wonder how long he sat there like just, okay, we're going to just shoot you for a solid 10 to 15. And those credits were particularly slow slow and long. So Yeah. yeah, he's just sitting there. So let's talk about this. Yeah. So the father, Dante the Great, 
his assistant, Gennaro, that woman who, you know, later on we, we see as the older woman with the swords in her face, they were part of a satanic cult. Yes. And little Lorenzo, he was forced by his father to murder Antonella. Correct. And so Lorenzo's revenge was to switch the bullet, which in turn killed his father. What I'm confused about is right at the end in the Why Antonella has... Why does she cover his eyes? I think that's the moment where he has disassociated. So she's a figment of his imagination. So I I have an article in my trivia that kind of explains this. Okay, great. Well, let's so, get into trivia then. So let's get into trivia, and I think that'll explain a little bit of why why they made this choice. Okay, here is my trivia for this movie. So this movie is linked to the fucking movie Trauma from Chile, which oh, we were both boy. deeply traumatized by. So I found an article from the website lazonamuerta.com. It's an interview with Nicolás Onetti and Maria Eugenia Rigón, who played Antonella. Oh, cool. So La Zona Muerta asks, Nicolás, I wanted to ask you about Trauma, a Chilean film that we saw a few months ago at the Sant Cugat Fantastic Festival. The film talks about the scars of a dictatorship, something very different from the cinema that you are usually associated with, in addition to being a Chilean film. How did the idea of producing Trauma come about? To which Nicolás responds, I am the associate producer, and I joined the project at the last stage of the film. I already knew Lucio, the director, and some of this was lost in translation, so I'll kind of try to make this clear. But he says, they met in Cannes when Lucio went to present a work in progress, which was Trauma. And we had a very good relationship. It was then that we started working together to make Trauma happen. I watch all kinds of movies, not just horror, but when I saw the brutal opening scene, remember that fucking horrible opening? (laughs) Yes. Jesus. I noticed something different that attracted me. Another person might think, how can you like this? That would that person would be me. Oh, and me. Um, <laughs> and he says, well, I'm very open to the genre. In fact, before seeing that opening scene that same day after watching a Serbian film. Oh, boy. Have you heard of this yes, movie? Yes, it's everywhere. I won't do it. I won't no, do it. No, I refuse. I can't. I won't. After watching a Serbian film, I spent the night almost without sleep. I was affected by what I saw. And when Lucio later showed me the beginning of tra- beginning of trauma, I liked absolutely everything that I saw, from the shocking violence to the explosions, the photography, and in general, many elements. So we talked to Lucio, and I ended up joining the final stretch to give him a hand. It was a pleasure to have done my bit so that trauma could occur. And so I looked up trauma on IMDb, and both Nicolás and Lucio... Lucio? Luciano, Luciano? Onetti are listed as associate producers. Wow, that's very cool. And now let's switch to this Wikipedia <laughs> Wikipedia article called The Bullet Catch, okay. which I found fascinating. All right. Yes, it's what killed Dante. Yeah. The Bullet Catch is a stage magic illusion in which a magician appears to catch a bullet fired directly at them, often in the mouth, <gasps> sometimes in the hand, or sometimes caught with other items such as a dinner. Plate. The bullet catch may also be referred to as the bullet trick, defying the bullets, or occasionally the gun trick. If you want to know how it works, 
I'm not going to spoil it, so you should just look it up on your own. All right, everybody? Listen, there is a magician's code, and you do not reveal your fucking magic. That's not I'm, how it works. <laughs> I'm kind of going to reveal something here with this little thing that I'm going right, to talk well, about. Well, your magician mm, card has been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Chung Ling Su. Okay. That is the stage name of American magician William Ellsworth Robinson. Okay, this was back in the day. Like, we're talking... Oh, boy. Popular... <laughs> Girl, I saw a picture and I was like, oh, no. oh I know ex- my I, I know exactly. God. Uh, I know exactly what this man probably looked like. Oh, my God. Okay, so Chung Ling Su who was actually William Ellsworth Robinson, was killed in London in 1918 while performing this trick due to an equipment malfunction. The gun used for the trick was set up to discharge a blank in the ramrod tube below the barrel. I don't know guns. I don't know what the fuck that is. Girl, please. (laughs) However, the gun malfunctioned and the bullet that had been loaded into the main barrel was accidentally fired into Sue's lung. The magician who claimed not to speak English and usually performed all his tricks in silence, was heard to suddenly gasp, My God, I've been shot. (gasps) That's horrible. Totally. This event ended the popularity of the bullet catch trick for nearly 70 years. Escape artist and daredevil Harry Houdini wrote an historical account of the illusion and considered adding it to his repertoire, but is said to have been afraid to actually perform it. I mean, good for you, Houdini. You don't Don't, need to do that. Like we said earlier, don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So few people still try this trick but it is still performed. David Blaine I was about to say David (laughs) Blaine, dude. By the way, I discovered that David Blaine is of Puerto Rican descent, which I don't know if I knew that. Bueno. He performs a version of the bullet catch in which he catches the bullet in his mouth with a steel shot glass. Oh, dude, I don't know. And then on the Wikipedia page, I just have to say this because it it caught my attention, but the Colu of Lorraine in France, early 17th century, was clubbed to death with his own gun by an irate assistant in 1613. I know that makes no sense, but that led me to a different article about the the bullet catch trick. So this is from a blog spot. So this is from like 2008. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have a blog spot. Absolutely, me too. (laughs) So this one is called rafaelederitis.blogspot.com and the article is called Defying the Bullets, Heroes and Tragedies of the Legendary Bullet Catch Trick. And it actually begins with a letter from magician Harry Keller to Houdini. (gasps) I assume this man would sound like this, so I'm just going to give it my go. I... You know what I mean? Can't wait to hear this interpretation. (laughs) Let's see if I can do it. Like, don't try the bullet catching (laughs) trick. There is always the biggest kind of risk that some dog will job you. And we can't afford to lose Houdini. Harry, listen to your friend Keller, who loves you as his own son, and don't do it. Right? I mean, close enough. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I just like fucking uh, Keller was in the room with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, here we go. Uh, fantastic. All right. So it starts talking about Chung Ling Su, which says Chung Ling Su was killed on stage during his most 
popular act, which was called Condemned to Death by the Boxers, or Catching a Bullet from a Rifle with His Teeths, is what it says here, with his teeths. And that's perhaps the best-known famous tragedy from the golden era of stage entertainment. However, this was not at all the first of its kind. Performing the same feat in 1820s, Dorini Count Degrisi shot on stage his own son. <gasps> His contemporary, Delinsky, killed his wife. Oh so I'm assuming this God. means the magicians were aiming at their assistants being my son, my wife, and sure. shot them and killed wow. them on stage. Or maybe in practice, I'm not quite sure. Before them, as back as 1613, again, Colu de Lorraine. How do you say this word? C-O-U-L-E-W? C-O-U-L-E-W? Culo? Culo? I don't know. I would, I would trust your French above mine. So, Couleur um, so de Lorraine was killed by an assistant. Later, Kia Khan Cruz by a spectator in 1818. I bet you he's like, who in the audience would like to shoot yes. me right now? And then now? they were like, they did it, and Bang, it actually, and then you're it dead. fucking killed you. Also, Edvin Lindbergh in 1905. The mentioned Delinsky, who was the person who shot his wife, mm-hmm. shot himself in 1820. Guys! Oh my God. <laughs> Arnold Buck, 1840, died when a volunteer secretly added nails to the gun. Puta. How did the gun not explode? Oh my God, I have no idea, but that sounds horrifying. Guys! Raul Curran, probably Raul Curran, was killed in 1880 by a member of the audience who jumped up out of his seat and shot him without warning. Michael Hadel Atal, 1899 failed to switch blank cartridges for the real bullets that killed him. Otto Bosco Blumenfeld, 1906, also failed to switch bullets as later H.T. Sartell, the Black Wizard of the West, 1922, lost his life when his wife purposely fired live bullets at him. Dang. Ralph Biala, 1972, fell off a cliff because of constant dizziness caused by injuries from the bullet-catching trick. Doc Conrad, 1977, was killed during practice of the Russian roulette trick, a version of the bullet catch, and Fernando Tejada in 1988 was killed on stage during a performance in Colombia. And last but not least, let's talk about the box and the swords trick. Sure. So this is from themagiccafe.com via japan-zone.com forward slash news. Magician Ikita Princess Tenko suffered serious injuries on Sunday, <gasps> July 24th, 2007, when a trick went wrong, according Holy to her shit, official that's blog. Like now. Yeah. Yeah. It was that's relatively. not that yeah. long ago. The accident was caused by mechanical trouble during an afternoon performance at the Culture Hall in Sabai City. Fukui Prefecture. In a variation on the sword box, the veteran illusionist, like this woman, I looked her up, she's performed in like Vegas, y de todo. Cool. The veteran illusionist was inside a large two meter high metal box when 20 knives were passed through it in a trick called the Spikes of Death. Uh. Ikita was supposed to emerge unscathed from the box in a different costume. <laughs> she pops out and she's oh. like, I've been oh my stabbed. God. <laughs> well, listen to this. So, but she was unable to get out and was cut by several of 
the knives, suffering injuries to her head, chest, and back. Ah! She had at least one broken rib, and one of the knives stopped just one centimeter from taking her eye out. No! Oh my god! As she has never had to call off a show, Igita is said to have insisted on continuing. Like, she's been stabbed until organizers stopped it after about 30 minutes. Like, she she's like bleeding going. from oh. the eyes and she's like, let's go. Can you go. imagine watching this and being like, And uh, now a dove <laughs> from my handkerchief. It's like, Where's ma'am. my rabbit? <laughs> she was rushed to a local hospital before being moved to Tokyo where her condition is not critical, but she is expected to spend a month recovering. Jesus Christ. That is the end of my trivia for today. Wow. Okay. So let's find out about Aura Cadabra. Let's do it. Abra Cadabra. And if you want to be like bitch ass JK Rowling, Avadra Cadabra. Which is, I'm pretty sure, where Avadra Cadabra came from. Wikipedia says Abra Cadabra is an incantation used as a magic word in stage magic tricks and historically was believed to have healing powers when inscribed on an amulet. Wow. Yes. So, Abra Cadabra. Abracadabra is of unknown origin, and its first occurrence is in the second century works of Serenus Simonicus. He was also the author of a didactic medical poem, Liber Medicinales. Several folk etymologies are associated with the words from phrases in Hebrew that mean I will create as I speak or Aramaic, which means I create like the word to folk etymologies that point to similar words in Latin, such as abrashas or to its similarity to the first four letters of the Greek alphabet, alpha, beta, gamma, delta. It looks like abra. Mm -hmm. It's A, B, and then it looks like an R and an A. Oh, okay. So the first mention of the word was in uh, the second century AD in a book called Liber Medicinales, which I just said from Mm -hmm. Serena Simonicus, who was a physician to the Roman emperor Caracalla, who in chapter 51 described that malaria suffered where an amulet containing the word written in the form of a triangle. Wow. The power of the amulet, he claimed, made lethal diseases go away. But the word is now used as a common incantation in the performance of stage magic. So that's a little bit about Aura Cadabra. Very cool. I had no idea. Uh, me neither. I was, And they show in the Wikipedia, they have the literal triangle of the amulet in Holy there shit. too, which is, yeah, it's very wow. cool. So I very quickly wanted to see uh, what's the deal with Italians in Argentina. Mm-hmm. So Italian Argentines are Argentine-born citizens of Italian descent, or this is from Wikipedia, by the way, mm-hmm. or Italian-born people who reside in Argentina. Italian is the largest ethnic origin of modern Argentines after the Spanish immigration during the colonial population that had settled in the major migratory movements into Argentina. It is estimated that up to 30 million Argentinos have some degree of Italian ancestry, which is 62.5% of the total population. I feel like uh, it's funny that we did um, Muñeco Viviente Cinco last week because that was called and 
Uruguay yeah. is right there by Argentina, yeah. and there's clearly all this Italian influence. Absolutely, that's fascinating. Italians began arriving in Argentina in large numbers from the 18 from 1857 to 1940, totaling 44.9 percent of the entire post-colonial immigration population, more than from any other country, including Spain. Damn. Yeah. So there you go. Hella Argentinos are Italianos as well. So I found a very cool interview with the Onetti brothers mm-hmm. that I'm going to talk about now on RueMorg.com. Cool. Um, also, <laughs> very quickly, I found a review on HorrorSociety.com as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very lovely and says wonderful things about the film, but I'm not going to really talk about it. I just wanted to. <laughs> to read the bio of the author where it said written by black tooth lover of all things horror and metal also likes boobs and booze so there you go okay i just thought that was hilarious (laughs) so this interview is by a person named nick loretti so it starts after their film's Sono Profondo, Francesca, and their venture into modern slasher with What the Waters Left Behind, this directing duo, the Onetti brothers, return with Abra Cadabra. So Nick asks, what are the main influences for Abra Cadabra? I'm talking about both movies and literature. Luciano Onetti says, The main and almost unique influence of Abracadabra is the giallo genre. Not so much of novels or movies, but of all things belonging to that particular genre. And then Nico Onetti says, That's right. Our main influences were Sergio Martino's All the Colors of the Dark and The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. Okay. Luciano says, Our main goal was to approach a subject that had not been used in giallo films such as magic and illusionism. The main challenge was to write a story that could fit the low budget we had and deal with the subject of mind and personality. The interviewer asked, but there's also some influence from modern films. And Nico says, yes, especially two films that feature magic, Nolan's The Prestige and Neil Berger's The Illusionist. Luciano says, also seeing the finished film, I noticed some influence, although not previously foreseen, from movies like The Three Faces of Eve, Fight Club, and films that deal with disassociative identity disorder. Absolutely, sure. Which is what I think meant at the end when he saw uh, Antonella covering his own eyes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, The interviewer says, You've worked with Germán Baudino before. He's Argentina's Robert Anglin. Totally. Did you write the character with him in mind? And Nicolás says, yes, we did. And Luciano says, as you say, he's our Robert Englund, which I was like, Johnny, hello. Love. He does have that look. He does. For sure. Nico says, we worked together in What the Waters Left Behind, where he played one of the villains. And in Abracadabra, his role was totally different. He demonstrated that he's one of the most versatile actors in our country. He's a great actor, very passionate, and committed to what he does. He loves to work like few actors I've ever met and really gets under his character's skin. 
In this particular case, he learned to do the magic tricks. In fact, the scene where he performs the box and the sword trick was shot several times without cutting because he asked to do it for real. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, without anyone's help. That says a lot about an actor. Let's hope that Herman can be called by filmmakers from all over the world because besides being enormously talented, he's a great guy and has a unique look in front of the camera, which I thought was very nice. What can we expect next from you guys? Any new ventures into the giallo genre or a new departure like uh, what the water is left behind? And Nico says, no more gialli for now. After Abracadabra, we directed A Night of Horror, Nightmare Radio, an international modern horror anthology in English. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. We were chosen as the creative directors of the film, and we directed the wraparound story for it, which is very cool. cool. And uh, that's the end of my trivia. Uh, well, how about uh, some questions? You want to answer some questions for me? Heck yeah. All right, Eileen, were you scared? Not really. I mean, there were moments of like Creepville and stuff like that, but mostly... Honestly, it was just so pretty to look at. Mm -hmm. There weren't really moments of like, whoa, Mm. not as many as I would have liked maybe, but I'm okay with it. I thought it was just so visually entertaining, so not really. I agree. No, I wasn't particularly scared. What was your best scare in this non-scary movie? (laughs) It's going to be the moment where fucking blue suit cigarette looks over and I literally was like ah! <laughs> that really spooked me mine is just as random as that it's when he's in the library and the librarian is particularly she's very um wary of him like she knows sure. that he's you know a person of interest in this case and he's up looking at the archives and he looks over and she's looking at him. I wasn't expecting it. That fucking made me jump too. I don't even think there's a I don't even think there's like a sting there. It's I no, I was just like, "Oh, it scared me." Ah, <laughs> uh, foolish. Who was your favorite character? Ooh, this is hard. I think he did a really really good job, but I think Antonella was also really, really good. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna give it to him because he really, mm-hmm. he really carried that film, man. He like was running around being all kinds it's of. It's all him. It's all him. Ivo. I'm gonna give it to Antonella. Just you know, she's a mesmerizing actress to look yeah. at. Uh, but you know, she was consistently interesting. I love the close-up bloody face shot where we're just looking at her face contort for like what feels like forever. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it to her. What was your best line? Eravamo fratelli. We were brothers. Mm. I just I just like the way that Beautiful. comes out of my mouth. Eravamo fratelli. Eravamo fratelli. Oh. <laughs> and you? Okay, I cannot. I didn't write it in Italian, and I'm not going to try, but That's it's fine. when Blue Pinstripe Cigarette says, after ruling out the impossible, all that remains is the truth. And that is the truth. I just love that sentence. It's very, yeah. bam. Totally. This is the truth to the point. What was your best death? Guillotine. I thought that Absolutely. was fucking great. I thought the yeah. close-up of the neck was really gross. Yeah. I thought the trick right before where the blade goes through is really also very cool. Yeah, love that. That I this was mine as well, the guillotine. I just found that 
particular death to be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Well staged, but also just like the thought of being in like this happened to fucking people where like you're just in there and you're waiting for the inevitable. Oof. That chills me to my core. Oh, and fuck. I can I can never not think about the fact that apparently you can still see. Oh, my God. Awful. Oh, my God. Awful. For how long do they say like you can see for I, I, it's always I, different. But I couldn't tell you, but it could in my be mind, three it's, seconds in my but... mind. Is twenty minutes, and I'm like, yeah, well, it's just, just like, I'm a heavier, sucks. and I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, and I'm ahead. Uh, <laughs> all right, did you learn anything from the culture? I didn't learn anything about Argentina, but I did learn about Giallo, which I thought was really cool. Sure, which is technically not a Latino thing, but I thought I thought that was a great way to what a what a great uh, genre to learn from and watch a movie of like it it genuinely made me want to watch more movies of the genre so yeah i agree with that i i wrote no at the top but hearing what you just said about it i'm gonna say yes too because i've known about giallo pero i've never really like i said done a deep dive which i intend to do but this was a really cool way via a latin american movie to discover it which yeah i can't think of a better way so agree i'll say yes last but not least how many ooies are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give this movie four. Oh, damn, girl. Wow. I really, really liked mm-hmm. this movie. I genuinely loved the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it made me want to redo my apartment. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think the camera work was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very short. It's an yeah. hour and nine minutes long, but it doesn't feel... It feels full and like I loved the reveal at the end. I love that it was a reveal that kept revealing. Um, mm-hmm. I love that they didn't shove down your face like the satanic stuff until that like you don't find everything out until the last moment. Mm. And I love that kind of movie that mm-hmm. you're just like, give me the crumbs. And then at the end, I get a face full of cake. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. And, yeah. I, <laughs> and I, I love that. And the performances were awesome. The music was so fucking dope for me. Mm-hmm. In general, I had a not even only the first time I watched it, but the second time also. I just I really, really loved this movie. So I'm gonna give it four. I'm so glad that you are giving it four. I'm gonna preface my rating with the fact that I had a really shitty fucking week. And I know that that sounds like an excuse, but whenever we record Week Horror and we talk things through, I usually write down a rating and then I usually, honestly, I sometimes change it as we're recording because I'm like, you point out things that I didn't notice that I enjoyed more, but I'm going to honor my original rating of this movie and I gave it a two and a half. And that is because it is an hour long, but it felt long to me. Mm -hmm. I was uh, like the the twist at the end, because honestly, like I was not having the best past few days. I was like, yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. However, looking back on it now, the music is beautiful. The, The movie looks gorgeous. The performances are strong. And like the things that I was like, it's it's not making sense to me. I think that this is a giallo thing. 
thing. Sure. And so were I to watch a Giallo movie, I'd be like, oh my God, they fucking nailed it. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I didn't have that background before I saw this. So I was a little harsh with my rating this week and I gave it a two and a half and I'm just going to fucking stick with it. But that being said, I'm looking forward to seeing more Onethi Brothers movies and to like get into some Giallo because I'm ready for sure. Totally. Well, now we go back to our drab, regular, fucking shitty outfits and lighting (laughs) and like just no magic. (sighs) I mean, I think maybe I need to learn a poker or like just how to do a, a fun card trick that would impress so many people. Agreed. That'd be fun too. I'd also love to see you in a bright blue eyeshadow if you're feeling it. I think I have something in uh, my in my palette that I can throw on someday. Yeah. My God, that fucking eyeshadow! I mean, hilarious. Listen, it was insane, but she rocked it. She rocked it. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you being here. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us gain all the listeners in the world. Give them to us. Follow us on our redes sociales at Uikiorror on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to Sonoro for always being the best you can follow them at sonoro podcast on instagram and twitter as well send us an email uikiorror at gmail.com we've been getting lots of fun links to great movies and we appreciate more and more every day we love it i'm gonna go out and buy myself a large pair of sunglasses and maybe like a floral like headscarf to Mm. put on my head maybe a fringy dress a fringy dress Mm -hmm. because you know what all i want to be is a groovy chick Uh, johnny you are a groovy chick you know all i need i need a fucking blue pinstripe suit that's all i want uh well you and i will be groovy together forever forever (laughs) i fucking love you i fucking love you too and we'll see you guys in la próxima semana adios adios okay round two name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.